Yeah, we, we are so excited you guys are here today as we continue our At Our Core series. And if you notice, we have a new worship director. Didn't Chase do a great job? Can we give him a round? He might be inside right now, but you make sure you guys stay after. Get to know Chase, his wife, Michaela, um, right over here. She's waving. Make sure you guys welcome them because they're part of our church family now, which is awesome. We're so excited about that. And we are going to talk about generous living. And yes, it's going to talk about money, but generous living is much more than just our money. So that's a part of it, right? And if you're like, oh my gosh, I picked my first time ever go to church and, and you guys are talking about money, it's okay. It's okay. It's going to be fine, okay? And, and I don't know if you guys are like me, but is anybody sick of all the political stuff? I mean, there's so much in our news feeds and our Facebook feeds. But one thing that I've noticed over the last few months is that in addition to these stories um, of, of politics and all sorts of stuff going on, there's also uh, some generosity, okay? There's some generous stories that go viral. I don't know if you saw it this week, but in Georgia, there was actually a pastor and he and his wife were eating dinner at good old Waffle House, right? At Waffle House. And their waitress there was a, uh, a young woman who was pregnant. And she was just a few weeks away from giving birth. And, and the, the pastor just felt moved to generosity. He gave all the cash he had in his pocket, but it wasn't very much. So he thought, man, I really want to do something for this young, soon-to-be first-time mother. So he went home, told his wife, and they posted online, asked their church, and said, hey, can we just be generous? And, and with people online and in their church, they gave over $12,000 in a tip to this woman. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's a pretty good tip. Okay, I was a waiter. I never got anything near there. Okay, that, that's generous. And there's stories like this. I, I saw another story. Sometimes, it, basically, you know, the same thing happened in Denver. There was a pregnant uh, mother in August and uh, somebody you know, was eating at, I think it was at the airport, and, and noticed that she was pregnant and gave her you know, the rest of $1,000, you know, just to get up to $1,000 with, with their bill so they could give over $900 in a tip. And these stories go viral. We like them because it's like, wow, that's generosity. And sometimes we see it with famous people. You know, Russell Westbrook of the Houston Rockets, I think, gave a tip of, you know, like $8,000 to all the, the people that had uh, taken care of them in the NBA bubble there in Orlando where they've been playing for a few months. And you're like, wow, that's great. But it's not just uh, famous people. It's not just athletes who have money, right? It's normal people like this pastor, and people are generous to give up. And, and sometimes there's Kickstarters that, that are going along, and people give hundreds, thousands of dollars to support people in need. And people like you and me. And I love those stories of generosity that go viral. And why do they go viral? Because generosity is powerful. It's not normal. It's not what you expect from around you. So when we hear these stories, wow, they really stand out. Because most people are stingy. <laughs> most people are upset. You know, most people are mad because somebody else isn't wearing a mask right now. But when we hear great stories of generosity, they move our hearts. Because generosity is a powerful thing. And that's why, as we talk about this core value in our church, we want to be a church that is categorized by generous living. Generous living. So last week, of course, we took a slight detour from our series as we introduced our new name, Arise Church, as we look at Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And we as a church are called to shine the light into the world. And we talked specifically about this, this idea of delivering hope to every home. That just like Amazon is getting every, into every home, Netflix is getting into every home. If they can do it, we can too and bring the gospel, whether it's physically or digitally. Because right now people are watching online that maybe would never have come here on a Sunday. And we're so excited about that. We want to deliver hope to every home in this season. But before that, we were three weeks in our At Our Core series. And we're going to continue that this month. 
as we look at the seven core values that we are unleashing in our church. And the first core value that we looked at was transformational teaching. Transformational teaching. That we as a church teach God's word accurately and relevantly to transform lives. That's what we're about. And then the week after that, we uh, Sawyer filled in and he preached on vibrant community. Because community is so important for us. Community is so important. And with um, you know, our, our vibrant community, we talked about... Um, say up there? I'm getting a brain freeze right now. Do we have slides? Yes, we do. We are real with each other to grow together. Thank you, Kenton. We are real with each other to grow together. That's what we mean by vibrant community. And the week after that, we talked about bold outreach, that we are boldly sent to seek and love the lost. So, so far, that's what we've unleashed as our core values. And today, we're going to talk about this core value of generous living. And by generous living, we mean that we gladly give our time, talents, and treasures to serve God and others. To serve God and one another. We gladly give our time, talents, and treasures to serve God and one another. And we believe that this should categorize the life of following Jesus. So, we want that to categorize our church as well. So the first thing that's going to stand out is when you hear that core value is gladly, because a lot of us think of generosity and giving away money. The last thing we think of is glad. <laughs> We're like, I have to give money? Oh, or somebody going to guilt me again? And I'm, okay, I'm going to fork over to NPR 15 bucks, I guess, right? Maybe if they give me a hat, right? That's what we normally think of with giving, right? But we are going to be a church that gladly gives, that gladly gives. Out of an overflow of what God has done in our hearts, we're going to gladly give to God and to others. And in 2 Corinthians 9, it's going to be our main passage today. So if you have your Bibles, you want to go ahead and flip there. If you're watching online, jump there in, a, in another tab, perhaps, or pull up that physical Bible. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 6, we read, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what giver? Cheerful giver. Cheerful giver. That's where we get that word gladly. Okay, we gladly give because it's cheerful. It's not reluctant. It's not because we're forced to give money. If you're forced to give money, you know, and we call those taxes, right? Um, you know, this is gladly giving. We're cheerfully giving to God. And that's what we want to look at. I think it's really interesting that he starts here with this analogy of reaping and sowing. That's for the farmers, right? How many farmers do we have here this morning? Yeah, D- David, you've done a little farming with your dad, right? Yeah, they, like none of us are farmers, right? So we're like, goes right over our head. If, if some of you planted a few seeds, maybe this year, you probably brought, bought your plant from Home Depot or the, the nursery down the street in Park Hill. That's a great nursery. Um, a little plug right there. I, I went there for the first time. It's great. Um, but you get those plants. We don't even plant the seeds nowadays, do we? Maybe a few of you have. You know, maybe some of you start early. You plant the seed and then it turns into a plant. But we plant very few seeds because we have very small yards and smaller gardens. So what I did this week was I called up one of the farmers in my church in Nebraska when I was there for five and a half years before coming here. I called up Brad, and and Brad was actually out. It was harvest time. So he's like on the combine in the fields of corn. And I used to go out there with the farmers every year, whether it was planting or harvesting, and I would just hang out with them in the combine because these are huge quarter-million-dollar pieces of machinery. It's, It's pretty impressive. And I just said, hey, talk to me about some of your crops. And he said, well, I just finished up soybeans. Just finished up harvesting all the soybeans from the field. And I said, so when, when you guys are planting soybeans, 
in the um, spring, how many beans do you plant? Well, he said, well, you know, we go by per acre. He said, for every acre, we plant 200,000 soybeans, 200,000 seeds in a sense, right? Per acre. And I said, okay, so of those seeds, how many actually turn to plants? And farming now is impressive. Farming, you have to have, you know, like biochemists, you have to have engineers figuring all this stuff. Farming is crazy now because they know exactly like square footage or, or in the acre itself where to put different types of fertilizer. They put the exact right amount. Everything is like GPS coordinated. It's impressive. It's impressive. A lot of us think of like, oh, those farmers. Like, no, 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 they're smart. <laughs> okay. It's impressive when these farms. And he said, with all that, with knowing exactly how much fertilizer we're supposed to use in which part of the acre, with um, GPS coordinates where we have machines that parcel out exactly how many soybeans are supposed to go in the row, right? said, of those 200,000 soybeans, 160,000 turn into plants. Now, that's incredible. Even like 20, 50 years ago, that would have been unheard of uh, amount of seed turning into plant. But that's impressive, right? So when you think about that, is that you, you sow generously, there's 200,000 seeds, but not every single seed turns into a plant. And I point that out because some of you have been generous in the past and you feel like I've gotten nothing back from it. I've given money and, you know, somebody took it and ran away with it, right? Or, or I, I loaned money to someone and I never got anything back. I even gave them some money and they've been a terrible person to me. I'm not even talking to that sister anymore, right? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Or you've given to that organization and you feel like they wasted it. it, it we've all been there. But I think that's part of the point. When we're generous, we, we have to sow more than we're going to get in plants, right? We, we have to just realize that we're going to throw more seeds and in some places that it doesn't quite take. <laughs> that's what generosity is. Even the best farmers today, 200,000 seeds turn into 160,000 plants, right? 70%. And that's great. So if you can get 70% yield from your generosity, that's good. But here's the amazing thing. I asked them, so okay, from those plants, from those plants... Um, how many seed pods are there, right? That's what you're talking about with soybeans. And he said, well, from every single plant, there are 65 pods, 65. And in each pod, there are an average three peas, three seeds, right? And then, um, so, so I just did some math because if there's three to 65, that's 200,000 beans so for every plant that's what you're getting so that turns out that in one acre you would return 27 million 300 thousand beans when you only planted 200 thousand so in reality it seems like a 70 percent yield up front right but in the end it's 136 times yield think about that that's what paul's writing here he says remember this whoever sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously is going to reap generously. In the end, it will be way more than worth it for every piece of generosity, every dollar you give, every hour you give to others. And that's why we're called to generosity here. That's why we're called to generosity here. I heard the story of Henry Parsons Crowell. You guys remember him? No, none of us do. Henry Crowell, who the heck is that? We don't remember him, but we do remember Quaker Oats. <laughs> The organization he started, and even though it's called Quaker Oats, he was actually an evangelical Christian. He just bought an old Quaker mill. So he turned it into Quaker Oats, and, and he was pretty uh, ingenious at the time. He started um, selling products, and he, of course, made cereal, right? <laughs> he made cereal, and, and he started selling it in little trial sizes, okay? He was the first one to do that. He was also the first one um, to kind of direct market to consumers, 
He's like, why do we need to go, you know, sell to the stores, give it to the people themselves? So he had a lot of ingenuity. And even though we haven't heard of his name, by 1920, his company was worth 120 million in revenue. That's pretty impressive back in 1920, right? A hundred years ago. But he was a Christian and he believed not only in tithing his money, but he said, hey, I'm making way more money than I could ever live on. So I'm going to be generous with it. So he gave away 70 percent of his income. 70% of his income. And what he did, he became one of the first people to to, um, generously donate to a college called Moody Bible Institute, which is still one of the premier um, Bible colleges in the country. And from there, he also invested in their radio program. And because of that, there are hundreds and thousands of preachers and missionaries around the globe who have been sent out. And that radio program is broadcast on 400 different affiliates. Think of how many tens of thousands of millions of people who have been impacted because of his generosity. Because of his generosity. And that's what it is. When you sow generously, you reap generously. When you sow generously, you reap generously. Um, And so that's why we want to give gladly. Now... That's still hard for some of us because we're like, gladly, I, I still, you know, it's still hard. Like, I don't feel glad about it. I don't feel glad. But the reality is, is that when we do that, not only will God take it and multiply it, but he will bless us through it as well and provide for us through it. I want you, you guys to look at verse 8. I'm getting a little wind, so pardon me for a second. I want you to look at verse 8. But because um, I... I you know, we're translating from the Greek here. I feel like there's another translation kind of shows some of the Greek a little bit better. So if you're on the Bible app, you can see I'm going to look at the EHV, the Evangelical Heritage Version. Here, give me a second. Okay, there we go. So in the Evangelical Heritage Version, it translates verse 8 like this. God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will overflow in every good work. I like this translation because that word all in the Greek comes five times in this one verse. Paul is trying to emphasize something right now. All, all, all. Even that last every is the same root word in the Greek. So that's why I like it. He's saying, okay, God is going to give you all, 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 all things, all times, all that you need. God can take care of all of it. So trust him. Because God has everything, and he can provide for you. Now, we, we've had some scares, some of, you, some of you this year financially. I know some of you have lost your job. It's been difficult, loss of income. It, it's been difficult. And, and I just want you to imagine two different scenarios. The first scenario is you have $1,000 in your bank account. Now, all your bills are paid for the month. You paid your rent, your mortgage, or whatever. You've paid all your bills, but you only have $1,000 left. Now, the first scenario is that you don't have a job. You don't have a paycheck coming. There's no income on the way. And you say, hey, I have $1,000 this month. Are you going to tithe $100? Now, let's be honest. Most of us would never do that. I don't care if I have $1,000 left. I'm not going to give $100 just in case I need it. Isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do? Okay, now let's turn a different scenario. You have that $1,000 after all your bills have been taken care of. You have $1,000 and you know you have a paycheck coming next month that's going to provide all you need, would you give $100? We would, right? We would. Most, most of us are like, okay, if this is an organization that I support, I, I, I feel, I'm going to give the $100. I can tithe on that, right? See, the, the difference is because you know something is coming, right? You know there's more money. 
But here's the reality. So a lot of people call this the scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset. Have you heard those terms before? The scarcity mindset is I don't know if there's any money coming in the future. I don't know if there's going to be any provision for me and what I need. The abundance mindset says something's coming. I know I'm going to have more than I need. So I just want you to imagine right now if you have that next paycheck coming or, or if you knew that you were going to receive an inheritance or money was coming, you would be abundantly willing to give more money, right? You'd be cheerful about it. Yeah, I can, I can, I can give this, right? So the reality is, is we need to change our mindset knowing that God can give all we need at all times because everything in the whole universe belongs to God. And God is saying, if you give, if you give generously, I will provide for your needs. Now, he doesn't say we're gonna, he's going to provide for all our wants, but he is going to take care of what we need and our basics. And that's what Paul is challenging us to. Think about God's generosity. He's willing to give you all of these things. So will you live with a scarcity mindset or with an abundance mindset? And I hope that we're challenged to give with that second one, the abundance mindset. And that's why we can give gladly. Still, some of you are like, well, Matt, I, I don't have a cheerful heart. I don't want to give any money. So does that mean I shouldn't? Should I just wait till my heart changes? Okay, here's the interesting thing about giving. And this goes not just for money, but when we are generous with our lives, when we're generous with our money, when we're generous with our time, it actually makes us happy. So you don't have to wait till you have a cheerful heart, but if you do it, and if you do it for God, you're going to realize that it's changing your heart in the process. There's been a lot of studies on this. In fact, that there was one done that, that said that people who give money regularly are 43% more likely to say they are very happy than people who don't give. 43% more likely to be very happy. And this has been repeated in study after study after study. And this goes along with what Jesus himself said. I'm going to take it from the, the NLV translation because it says, we must remember what the Lord Jesus said, we are more happy when we give than when we receive. Some of you remember it as blessed, but blessed can be translated as happy. It's a happiness that comes from God. A blessing that comes from God. We are more happy when we give than when we receive. There's an amazing thing that happens in our hearts when we are willing to gladly give to others. And the gladness keeps coming back. It like reinforces itself. So that's what I want to encourage you to do. Now, the second reason I used verse 8 in, in a different translation is because in that translation, we can look at it one more time, it says that God is able to make all grace overflow to you. All grace in the NIV, it says that God is able to bless you abundantly. And I think that's a, that's a helpful translation. But the literal translation is God is able to give you all grace. All grace. So yes, it does mean he's able to bless us abundantly. God is able to give to us. But I think it's fascinating that the word grace is the one that Paul chooses to use here. Because God, yes, all, all of the universe is his. Everything we have is his, right? So we should be generous. Just, just from... A logical perspective, if you have kids and you go to the, the movie theater, I know some of us aren't doing that right now, but if you go to the movie theater and you buy them a huge thing of popcorn and you say, hey, here's your popcorn, oh, can I have a handful? And the kid's like, nope, that's mine. You're going to be like, come on, I taught you better than this, right? I bought that for you just two seconds ago. Can I just have one handful? You can have the rest. Okay, But some of us do that to God, don't we? God gives us so much. He blesses us. We have a place to live. We have food to eat. We have a, a little bit of money in our account, and yet we're still like, no, that's mine. Maybe later when I'm rich, I'll give. That's what we do. We're like those little kids. But, but God is saying, hey, I, I can bless you abundantly. I can provide for you, and I give it to you out of grace. And I think grace is so important because it gets us to the heart of the gospel. See, grace means that God is giving us something we do not deserve. 
Now, we do not deserve anything, and yet God gives. And more than just providing a universe for us to live in, air for us to breathe, He also sent His own Son. In fact, in John 3.16, we know that for God loved us so much that He what? He gave His only Son. He gave His only Son. And aren't you glad Jesus didn't tithe His blood? Aren't you glad that He gave everything for you? Because when Jesus died on the cross and we put our faith in Him, all of our sins can be forgiven. Everything, past, present, and future, we can be forgiven. We can be given uh, this grace that washes away all our sins. It's forgotten, put behind God. He doesn't even think about it anymore. And instead, he says, welcome. And we can walk with him for the rest of our lives. He blesses us throughout our lives. And then, for eternity, he provides everything we will need forever and ever and ever. And God did that because he was so generous to give us his son. Now, that's an amazing thing. And I think that Paul is kind of referencing that. He says, if God can give you all grace, God can give you all grace. He can give you everything else. So trust him by giving back to him. So that's why we gladly give. That's why we gladly give. So this is what I want you guys to imagine to do. A lot of us think of tithe. That's kind of the, the old school model, the Old Testament. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But, but tithe, you know, just translates literally to a tenth. Now, if you look at the Old Testament, they actually gave more than just a tenth. You know, they gave to the temple. There's temple tax. There's first fruits and all sorts of different things. But it's kind of like a good starting point. And if we're like that and we're like some of you are like, there's no way I could ever give 10% of my income. No way. But I want you to imagine something. Imagine your boss calls you tomorrow morning. And some, had you, some of you had this happen this, this year. I know I've talked with you. Your boss calls you and says, COVID-19 has been difficult for business. We're not bringing in the revenue we, we should. But I want to keep you. But in order to keep you, I'm going to have to give you a 10% reduction in pay. Think about that. Some of you have had that happen. Okay, so you're going to have to live on 90% of what you were just getting. Now, just imagine that for a second. How would you do it? How would you make it through? Well, I can think of, you know, we're not going to, you know, eat out those times. We're going to start shopping at Walmart. Right? We're, we're going to start saving. Okay, it, whenever we can, we're probably going to cut out that program. Maybe that vacation, we're going to put it on hold for a little bit. You do these things in your mind, right? Some of you have had that this year. You've had to do it. Okay, no, I want you to imagine that scenario, what you would do if you had a 10% income reduction and start living like that now. And you could give a tithe. Ooh, it's challenging, right? I think we all could do it. I think every single one of us could do it. It might be difficult. It might be tough. We might be pinching pennies. We might be using coupons. <laughs> but if we did those things, we could be so much more generous with our money. We could gladly give so much more than we are right now. Nate Henning, a, a pastor in our, our movement of Churches Converge, he says that we choose to live on less so that others can simply live for eternity. You see, that's what we do when we give, especially to Christian organizations. It's allowing people to hear the gospel, to be saved so that they can live for eternity. We, we live on less now so that they can live for eternity. Now, that's an amazing thing that we can be a part of as followers of Jesus. With just a little portion of what God has given us. So in our, our, our uh, cultural value of, of we gladly give our time, talents, and treasures to serve God and one another, I want you to think about that time, talents, treasures. So we talk about those, those three T's. We've talked about them here before, time, talents, and treasures. I want you to think about that. Am I generous with all three of those? In your community group this week, you'll talk about which one of them maybe you're struggling with. Because we all struggle with one of those, right? 
Okay, time, talents, treasure. Some of you are like, uh, treasures, uh, it's hard for me to give away money, but I am very generous with my time. I will, I will g- give you more time. Some of you are like, I, 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 I can give a ton of money, but you can't have my time. My time's too valuable, right? We all struggle with one of those things. So what I want to encourage you is to take a step forward in faith in one of them this week. To take a step forward in one of those this week. Because time, it, when we talk about generous living, time is, is your most valuable resource, right? We don't even realize that. But time is our most valuable resource because we're not getting more. Every minute you give away, you're not getting that minute back in this lifetime. Rick Warren says the best way to spell love is T-I-M-E when we're spending time with others. So I want to think about that. Are you giving your time to God? Are you generous with your time? Are you serving? Now I can tell you as a church, some of you are extremely generous with your time and I'm so grateful for that. You can always go to risedenver.com slash serve to get plugged in somewhere. Some of you, like this week... Um, Gary Bell has been helping a ton with like our contractor liaison, basically volunteering. He's cheering his time this week, but he was here and he's like, "Hey, I want to uh, our parking lot. Those lines are getting old. We need to redo them." And he says, "Hey, I can help." And then uh, another woman, Donna Craven, came this week, and the two of them were working and they were cleaning up the parking lot because they're going to redo the lines. They're just volunteering their time. They saw a need. They're like, "I can give my time to help with that." I asked Gary. I was like, "Oh, have you done this before?" He's like, "Never." But there's a thing called YouTube. I'll figure it out. Right? I'm going to give my time. And I know that we're going to be moving back indoors in November. And when we do that, we're going to need a lot more serve team members. We're going to need some people to step up because we're going to have two services again. And we're going to need more people because we've got to make sure we're following all of the protocols for cleaning, for temperatures and everything. So we really need some new welcome team people to step up. If you're like, hey, for six months while we're back indoors and, and COVID's still going on, I can volunteer my time. I'll come early. I'll stay after the service. We could really appreciate your help. Go to Stapleton. Or, uh, I keep saying Stapleton, right? Go to arisedenver.com slash serve and just say, hey, I want to help in the welcome team. We could use some cleaners too. So just mark that too. If you're like, hey, I can just come between services and clean some chairs. I can do that. We could use some help. And if you're online and you're like, well, Matt, I'm not coming in person yet. Well, you could be our welcome team online. I think that's something we're going to start because there's people watching online for the first time. You can welcome them and talk with them in the chat. We need to welcome team members, even if you're not physically present. So that's the first thing with time. And I just wanted to show you guys a text message I got from a new guy to our church. He just started coming this summer in the midst of COVID. And he texted me one, one morning and he says, Hey, I woke up this morning feeling like I need to serve God in some way. When I prayed about it, I got the goosebumps, warm feeling in chest and chills. I love that. So if anything pops up, can you let me know? And I was like, yeah, we got something right now. <laughs> I called him up. We got something. I, I love that because he's cheerfully, he's like, I, I'm feeling something. I want to give back my time. The second thing is that we give our talents. We give our talents. And this is our gifts and our skills. I remember uh, when, when Adam Lazinski, I don't know if Adam's here. When Adam first started coming, Adam's, he's on our welcome team right there volunteering his time. But Adam and his wife invited Melissa and I over for dinner one time. And at the end of it, he kind of like ambushed me. He says, Matt... I, I love finances. I love numbers. I'm getting my master's degree in statistics. I think computational something. And, and he's like, and I really want to serve on the financial advisory team. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I usually don't have people like dine me, wine and dine me, you know, to, to get on our volunteer team. But awesome. Because he's like, if I would have known that this existed, I knew that those are my gifts. Those are my passions. I love numbers. I'd love to help that way. I was like, okay, I'll talk to the team. We'll get you on. And I just love that he had the idea. He said, these are my gifts. These are my talents. I want to use them to serve. Casey last week with her graphic design helped us so much. Kevin with his, Kevin Ashman with his marketing skills helped us. But there's so many other people. Caleb dropping some beats on the drums. He did pretty good today, right? I'm a drummer, so I know Caleb's good. And he's volunteering his time. He's using his talents on the drums. That people like David, David, are you over here? 
Yeah, David's over here. He said, hey, you know, I trim hedges. I got all my own equipment. I'd love to trim your hedges at the church. Volunteered my skills and gifts, and I love it. They look great, by the way. Thank you, David. You know, there's so many people. Sonny is back here working on the computers. Even right now, he's fixing some stuff. Last week, a computer just completely didn't even work, and he showed up, and he fixed it. I don't know how he does it, but it's somehow in his mind that he has these skills to fix stuff. He's great at it. And what I have found is when I serve that way and when others serve that way, they actually feel the most fulfilled because they're like, these are my skills, these are my gifts, and now I'm giving them to God. So I want to encourage you to do that too. Some, sometimes you can figure that out um, just in a serve team here, but maybe you just need to be creative and figure it out because I think every single one of our gifts, if you're a teacher or you love kids, you can help with Elevate Kids. We can use every single one of your skills to further the kingdom of God. That's why we use our talents. And the third thing, our treasures. We give our treasures as well, and that, for most of us, is our money. We value it, we treasure it, we hold on to it. We, we feel struggle when, when the pastor talks about money because it's our treasure. We don't want to let go of it. And yet, I think God is working us in that the most, to trust him, because it really is a step of faith. You know, Melissa and I, at the beginning of our marriage, decided we're going to tithe, and even though you know, we weren't very much making very much money, I was still in school, we were like, we're going to tithe. And we started then, and we, we continue to tithe. We're saying this percentage doesn't even belong to us. We're going to make our budget from the rest. And if we can't figure it out, we've got to figure out how to cut things. And it's difficult sometimes, but we have to do that to give our treasures to God. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. This summer, I, I was amazed. I was amazed because uh, we needed some new video equipment. These cameras that you guys are watching from right now, we needed to upgrade because everybody was online, right? So I called two guys in our church, two guys. I called Kevin Ashman, and I called, um, uh, why, why is my mind blanking? Um, Alex Hodgkin, just two guys. I needed 3500 bucks. Between the two, they gave way more than I needed for those cameras, like that. And I was like, this is incredible. And then Alex went and talked with his son, Lance. He said, explain the situation to Lance, and Lance says, okay. He went and got $10, most of it in quarters, and he said, I can give this to the church. I love that, that Alex and his son are, are practicing using their treasures for the kingdom of God, that they're gladly giving. That was amazing. And, and I want us all to be like that. You know, I, I want to praise you guys for a second, and then I got a criticism, okay? The, the praise is that it, amazingly, this year, through COVID, through a lot of churches shutting down, struggling with finances, we, uh, you guys gave over, I think, almost over 40000 more than what we expected at the beginning of the year. That's incredible for this fiscal year. Yeah, we, yeah that's, thank you guys for your generosity. So that's kind of a praise, but here's the criticism. I have a friend, he's the pastor of a church that's only about 10% bigger than ours. Their giving is double ours. Okay? They only have 10% more people. They have 100% more giving. Okay? When he told me that, I was like, whoa! I thought, we're, we're doing good for what we are, but that's because we, we streamline things. We're, we're, we're making sure that we run lean. Our staffing is lean here, and that's what we do, and we're going to continue to do that. But I was like, wow, we could really step our, our generosity because he is in Nebraska where it's not a ton of wealthy people, but we are in the wealthiest zip code in the city of Denver. Did you know that? 80238. I think we can step up a little bit, right? So that's a little criticism, but it's also a challenge. I think we can step up in our generosity. And then when we do that, I, I just imagine what God could do through us. That, you know, you guys have been so generous with this roof project. It's, it's almost done. 
that, that we could do that easily, that we could fix repairs in the building, that this amazing building that we have, we could do that whenever we, we need. It's like it won't even be a special thing. But, but even beyond that, we, we can do more outreach, that we can reach into the neighborhoods around us that are not the wealthiest zip codes in our city, and we can do even bigger things to help those in need, that we can be continuing to generous with Denver Rescue Mission and other organizations we partner with so that we can build them up, that we could give even more funds to missionaries and we could send more and more missionaries because we, we are taking on like two more missionary families this year. I don't know if you guys knew that. So that means we as a church need to step up so we can be generous with our missionaries who are overseas. And, and I think if we do that, we'll be amazed to see how many people are coming to faith, how much um, that we're able to reach out in the community and then we can truly be the, sh- the light that shines hope into every home. But it's going to take us being generous with our time, our talents, and our treasures. It's a challenging message, right? But I think we can step up and do it. So what I'm going to do as I have the band come on up in just a second, what I want us to do is just take a moment to prayerfully consider what God is leading us to do. Did you notice in verse 7 it says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give? See, the Bible doesn't command us in the New Testament that we have to tithe. I think that's a good starting point. But we don't have to. We could give way more. For some of us, we need to start a little less and build up to that, okay? But the point is, it's between you and God. So I want you to take a minute as the band starts to play to just prayerfully consider how much you're going to give, whether it's your time, your talents, or your treasures. If you're on the app, there's a place where you can type in for each one of those things. And I want to challenge you, couples, write down what you think you should give and then show it to your spouse and whoever's more generous, pick that one. But this is what I want you guys to do. Just just look at those things, your time, talents, and treasures. How much is God leading me to do? And, and we're going to start something new here. We're starting today that some of you are brand new to faith, and you're like, I've never given before, or if I do, it's like, you know, the, I'm round up for change, right? Okay, you're like, that's all I do. I get 14 cents. It's the March of Dimes or whatever. Okay, but, but I want to challenge you guys, and I think a good starting point would be at $25 a week. $25 a week maybe a meal out a week, $100 a month. I think that would be a good starting point for some of you. And what we're going to do is all the people that give $25 a week or $100 a month and set that up as recurring giving, that you will be part of our generosity team. I don't know all that it's going to entail, but we want to, to increase our generosity team at this church. So that's a good starting point for a lot of people. Now, if you're here and you're not a member of this church, not a part of this church yet, just give somewhere, okay? I, I say that. You don't even have to give here yet. Eventually you should. But if you want, we do have something called the Benevolence Fund. And if every single dollar that comes into the Benevolence Fund goes out, okay, we don't keep any of it for ourselves. We go to help people in need, help organizations, uh, individuals, families. Um, there was a family that had unexpectedly had a baby. Pretty crazy story. And we were like, we're going to help them out as much as we can. We'll get them formula. We'll get them food. We'll get them started so that they can figure that out. And that's the kind of things we do. So if you're here and you're like, I'm not a member. I don't know about this church yet. I don't know about you, Matt. You're kind of crazy. Give to our Benevolence Fund. Okay, a one-time gift, and that generosity can go out. But some of you have been part of that generosity team before, even though you didn't, we didn't have a name for it. And some of you need to prayerfully consider becoming tithers. Say, I'm going to give a portion of my income, because it's not mine anyways. I'm going to give that first and then build my budget with the remainder. And I want to challenge you to do that. Give a percentage of your income to God first. So we're going to do that. Take a minute, prayerfully, quietly to yourself. Think about that. And I'm going to pray. God, I I just pray that you'd help us 
um, to be generous, that we would be a church categorized by this, that we would be more and more generous to those in need around us, to missionaries. Lord God, we want to see so much more accomplished in our midst. And Lord God, I pray that you'd open up our hearts. Help us to give our time, our talents, and our treasures to you. Because you have given us all grace first. You gave us your son. And if he was so generous to give his entire life, his blood, every ounce of it shed for us, Lord God, we want to give back out of that abundance, out of that grace. Lord God, help us to do that. Pray this in Jesus' name. Now, if you made a decision today, go to Staple. <laughs> go to risedenver.com slash give, and you can put that gift in right now, okay? I want to see some phones out. You can do that right now. And then I'm going to turn it over so we can sing Sea of Victory together. Arise, church.